1: Aloha! Any relation to Nick the Dick from Bachelor Party? No.
2: Flea went on to play awful music for the next 40 years.
3: No, 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 that's where you missed it.
4: welcome we are back from the baller lifestyle.com it's the baller lifestyle podcast my name is brian beckner thank you very much for joining the show episode 332 we're going to be discussing back to the future part two today um so please hang with us it's going to be good we have some special guests also if you're not already you sure sh- you should uh you should subscribe to our Red Circle page. That's where we do all of our subscriber-exclusive content. Just go to theballerlifestyle.com, click the link at the top, top of the page, and for 5 bucks a month, you can get everything extra that we do there just for you guys. Uh, I am joined now, as I am every single week, by Ed Daly. Ed, what's up?
1: Hey. Um, I read uh, my mom sent me an obituary. My old gym teacher uh, from middle school died
4: Uh, Didn't he try try to do gay stuff with you guys?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I read the obituary and it said uh, admired by all. And so I just want the record to know because, like, you know, when people die, they try to whitewash. I want you to know Mr. Measley was a piece of shit who made like 12 year old boys shower and he watched us. And, like, would take take our towels and throw it across the room and, like, watch us go get it. Like, he was, what? he would have been let out in cups. And I complained to my mom. She's like, oh, come on. He's probably not that bad. Like, that kind of shit. All of us complained. But, like, back in the late 80s, it was just like, yeah, well, he's the creepy gym teacher. But he definitely would have been let out in cups. So, Mr. Measley, uh, you can go fuck yourself.
4: Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just Googling my... Middle school gym teacher, Mr. Wins. And I'm just to see if he's still alive. And it's all you can see what, is, what he gets from his pension here. That's weird. Is that they put that online? Uh, okay. I am also, I wonder if he's still alive. Uh, we are also joined this week by Jason Stewart, front of the show. Jason, what's up?
2: Hey, Jason. Hello, everybody. Signature hey, sign um,
4: yeah. up. How's your middle school gym teacher doing, Jason? <laughs> in Brea, California. Um, Brea Linda.
2: Yeah, I think he's okay. Everything was above board. Um, The uh, Mr. Measley on his tombstone, there should be, if not already, uh, the New Jersey Jerry Sandusky, (laughs) known as the New Jersey Jerry Sandusky. (laughs) (laughs) New Jersey Sandusky That's
4: awesome Uh, We are also joined by this week Very special guest Somebody that we're always stoked When he wants to come on Reality Steve Carbone Reality what is up my friend Hey Steve
3: Probably the Most looking forward to podcast I've ever done Even
4: even more than when you joined us For episode 214 Karate Kid part 3 With Terry Silver uh, karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. <laughs> Mike Barnes, yeah. Blake <laughs> I mean, Lively's sister.
3: I was, I was definitely happy about that, but I don't think you guys really understand my love for the Back to the Future franchise and the deep dive I've been doing since this year is the 35th year anniversary of the original being released. And I've seen so many shows recently. I recently had a podcast guest, on my podcast who wrote a book about it. Um, it's just been stunning. I, I, I'm in such, I'm in such a rabbit hole with this show right now that um, I didn't even need to watch it like last night to get ready for today. I could, I could tell you this movie in sequence what happens. Oh, so.
4: Outstanding. You're you going to have to carry the load because uh, I only watch part of it. Um, what about your <laughs> Steve? You're from orange County, aren't you? Didn't you? Where'd you go to high school? Yeah. Is your, is your middle school gym teacher still around?
3: I'm a, I'm a North Orange County guy, literally border between uh, Orange County and Long Beach. I'm Los Alamitos, Seal Beach area. Oh yeah, um, and I went to Los Al. So right. I um yeah, as the, far as I know, the my Griffins GT is doing good. Yeah, the Griffins. Yeah, We're, we uh, I, by the way, I was the first. I was the first ever Mr. Griffin, 1993. What? Another, another story Whoa. for
2: another day. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Mr. G. i so throw that in there, a little pat on the back for myself.
4: Mr. Uh, Griffin.
2: Amazing. And By, by the yeah. way, let's talk, um, let's talk Orange County geography. For okay. Let's that do doesn't it. not live in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. Um, North Orange County. Like yep. Berea, where I grew up, was That's, North Orange County. No
4: one, no one considers that. No one considers North that Orange North County. North
2: yeah. And, yeah. And Los Alamitos. It's kind of like saying that, um, I don't know, Louisiana was the most North Confederate state. No, like if it's, you, it's not true.
4: If I went, if I went outside, if I stopped, if I went to the 405 freeway right now and I hailed yeah. down 10 cars and I said to each and every person in the car, I go, hey, what county is the city of Brea in? Eight out of 10 people would be like, I don't know, L.A. I.E. It's fucking that's <laughs> yeah, by Corona love your
1: counties. Yeah. How do you love your counties so much?
4: i don't know we just that's uh that's the geography down here stews thing, stews the, from the inland
1: is, yeah well, well i
3: was gonna say real quick the other thing is i think it's north orange county because if you're just taking the 405 north from wherever course. beach Newport yep. beach the second it turns into the 605 is yep. where you get out of orange county so you're at the northernmost point exactly 100
4: percent no, so. agree i'm i'm from costa mesa no i was not mr mustang 1993 i will say that um Central Orange County. I'm from Central Orange County. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know who's going to love this geography chat? Manuel. Manuel. He loves getting into the minutiae.
4: Manuel, who Steve goes toe to toe with occasionally in the smack off. Um, Steve, while we have you here, everyone knows, and if anybody doesn't, they're living under a rock. You are the internet's foremost resource for bachelor news and information. We had some big, bachelorette news break this week they're actually quarantining at the la quinta resort where it turns out one of my marriages took place give us an update what is happening on the claire crawley i was very much looking forward to seeing claire and her being 38 and being the bachelorette and seeing how that went what's going on with the bachelorette what happened this week let us in on it
3: Yeah, uh, they're filming at the La Quinta Resort and Club in La Quinta, California. Quarantined everybody for a week before they started their first filming so everyone could test negative, and anybody that tested positive clearly was not allowed on the show. Um, They're two weeks into filming. They started on July 18th, and word got around. Last Friday night, story broke that Tasha Adams, who was the very attractive girl who finished third on Colton's season, um, had been summoned to La Quinta in an emergency. We need to recast this thing. So it initially started out as something negative happened. But the story now is basically Claire fell for one of her guys very early in the process and essentially told producers, look, I, I'm not going to fake this the rest of the way. I'm not going to go on dates with guys I have zero interest in. I've fallen for this guy. I want out. I don't want to be on any more dates. Get me out of my contract or let's negotiate something. Cause I don't want to be here anymore. I want to leave with him. And if, and uh, allegedly they, they did that. And instead of cutting the season short, because you got to produce 10 or 11 episodes a season, they said, well, let's continue it. And we'll bring in somebody else who was a finalist for this season of the bachelorette, which is Tasha. Uh, and, um, they brought Tasha in and it looks like Tasha has started and Claire, we don't really know exactly what, but the rumor is she got engaged to this guy I nonetheless. And, um but uh, yeah, it makes sense now because he is one of the guys that was on the original list back in March when the show was originally supposed to start filming. So clearly they have been in contact. He either slid into her DMS or she nice. slid into his, but nice. it's clear that they had a very probably deeper relationship heading into the mm. show than anybody has ever had. Mm. And that's why two weeks in, she could say, I don't want to date anybody else. This is the guy that I want. Would you
4: say okay, a, so- would you say a balls deeper relationship than I a, anybody? Yeah. Else? No.
2: I will say this that um, I think Disney took that um, that offer and ran right. Disney um, when Claire was when Claire was cast uh, the ri- the riots and the protests hadn't begun yet. Uh, Claire is cast. They have a pandemic to where they can't shoot it, and this conveniently happens where their white contestant, which in the last few months has become outdated and borderline racist, um, they now get to cast a black contestant. And I'm guessing they're going to – are they going to have a lot of people of color as the contestants for her?
4: I don't know. I don't know why that matters one way or the other. It's the same contestants that Claire had. She's,
2: she's
5: just,
4: yeah, Yeah. she's just sliding into the original. uh, They might be
3: in, but, but Claire, when they, when they did recast for Claire, when she did start filming, they released a cast of 42 men. I think 30 ended up making it to the first night. So 12 of those guys that we saw back in um, uh, July, mid July, right before Claire's filming, I think it was the 15th or the 16th. There were 42 men. 12 of them didn't make it onto the show. Those are the guys that are, I guess, being asked now, hey, would you be interested in coming back? And some of the guys that Claire eliminated right. in her first few episodes are the ones being asked, hey, we got a new deal on our hands.
4: Oh, so they're not. So say Claire had um, say Claire she had l- 15
3: guys left. at the Right. Time so
4: bought. so Taish, uh amazing pivot. By the bachelor producers but i know their back was against the wall but this is they they got put in a tough position and they made uh i don't know i'm just trying to think of a metaphor
3: chicken salad out of chicken that's shit.
4: the one i wasn't i was gonna say that and i'm like i don't even think that's one i don't know so um amazing pivot but she didn't just start with 15 suitors they didn't just like plug Tasha into the existing show they rebooted completely is that what you're saying I, I
3: mean, nobody knows exactly sure. what the format is. It's a is fluid now, situation. That, it makes sense that Claire had about 15 guys left when she would have made this decision. I don't want to be here anymore. So if you bring Taysha in, it would be really kind of, I mean, kind of unfair to Taysha. to just be like, Hey, here's what we got left. These are the guys that Claire had left and she might've eliminated guys that you liked, but you got to go with these 15. I do think they're bringing other guys in that were originally part of that 42 that were released in mid July. However, Anybody that's left the bubble of La Quinta because they're all in there and nobody else is at that place, they would basically have to re-quarantine for a week. So that yes. means production, I would think, would have to shut down for a week while everyone re-quarantines I, and gets tested. And it just seems like a whole mess. Like that's what people are sure. trying to figure out exactly what the format is. But it's not I don't think Tasha is going to have any guys that weren't. Right, part of that list of forty-two. it's right. just a matter of which ones are the mixing and matching. Unless and ones.
4: unless they enlist like a PA and they're like, "Hey, we're pivoting. We need you. You're handsome. You're on the show." Or somebody that else that had been uh, a busboy or a bellman that had um, been cleared already to be on site. Okay, two more questions, and then we'll by move. By the on. way, by the way, on, yep. a,
2: on a list of one to ten, um, or how about let's let's do this. Let's choose one. Is Ed more bored or more pissed off which one one is he more of right now no i i I,
1: i've i've always said that i'm not above anything um i just it's my my wife is very much into it and she is thoroughly unimpressed with any of these shows she's she's listening i'm talking about this podcast she has listened to zero episodes of us but when i mentioned (laughs) you were on the show steve she was very excited about that and yeah so so
4: steve's very uh, popular with wives
1: yeah Yeah. so so, uh she said ask him but this is about bachelor in paradise she asked why they couldn't have quarantined and done that show do you know that
3: the answer that they're giving is we owed it to Claire because she was set to be our bachelorette and unforeseen circumstances that haven't happened in the history of this world. Prevented that, so we're going to give her her season. But then it only ended up being a two-week season because she went back to them and said, "Yeah, I'm good. I found my guy. I don't need to." get Right. To fake it. So, so they it.
4: they would have had to blow. up was out. a baller move by Claire. I almost feel so Claire empowered. Uh, the women empowerment here. Totally. I love. I'm a I'm a huge Claire Stan. I love her. Um, but th- yeah. they would have had to blow out the Bachelorette to do Bachelor in Paradise. Is the thinking yeah. right? Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah. They would have skip the season.
1: Crazy that I mean. It's like when the Friends cast said, alright you're gonna pay us all a ton of money, or we're out." You can't yeah. really do anything when when the star of the show.
4: Well, that, that that was my next question. How was there not a contingency for this? It, there has to be some language in the contract where ABC. Is going to go to Claire and go, hey, you owe us a million dollars or something. There's there has to be it has to be written in that you cannot just fucking leave in the middle of a show you're committed to. Like they're, they've sold this show to the network. They got to shoot the whole fucking show. And you need the star to do that. Any any word on that, Steve?
3: Yeah, that's where that's where it gets tricky, because my guess is. This is this was her feelings like, look, I really don't want to be here. Is there any maybe she went to them for help? Like, is there any way we can redo this? Clearly, whatever contract she signed at the beginning of the season is paying her a certain amount to be the bachelorette. I can't imagine she gets full pay if she's only going to deliver three or four episodes before she decided this. And then they have to pay Tasha to be the bachelorette. So my guess is she went to them and said, I can you can you throw me a bone here? Can you can you Can I do this? Is this possible? And look, nothing gets done on that show without production's approval so they're obviously with some negotiation where they're like you know what because we were already set to have a season that is not airing in its normal time slot it's going to air on tuesday nights instead of monday nights yep. it's airing in september instead of um, may through august you know what a- and it's only going to be in one location maybe this is our twist for this season totally. it's almost a win-win because totally. now they've got every entertainment site you go to today is talking about this. So everyone's now interested in this season when they might've kind of soured on Claire after four months of COVID. Like it wasn't as exciting as when they announced Claire back in March. It's like, Oh, okay. But then he had four months of all this shit going on. And now it's like, everybody's talking about this. Everyone's going to want to tune in. And ABC is just laying into this. Like, yeah, let's just run with
1: it. I'm kind of intrigued myself. It is intriguing. My,
3: and my only question now is I got to, you know, we have Claire. We know now. We know now. Know that Taysha is our next bachelorette. I just, I have never heard anything from Stu on what his opinion is on Taysha. I'm just curious. Uh, what, Do wh- you like this girl?
4: Really, Stu? really good question, Steve. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because Jay Stu has been really ambivalent on his thoughts about Taysha. Jason Stewart's spell it? What does she look like? T a y s h i a. Taysha. What's her last name, Steve?
3: Adam's oh. her in, her Instagram yeah. is Tasha with three A's. Yep. I'm, that's her Instagram handle. I'm a fan.
4: Okay, Jay Stu, your thoughts? Let us know. Ed Ed Daly's just been introduced to Tasha He's he's a fan. What are your thoughts, Stu? Are you into Tasha
2: If there have been um, thirty five seasons, thirty six seasons, whatever the the number is at this point, 40. and hundreds of contestants. Um, she is the most attractive wow. one to, to get out of a limousine, you, and wow. that's saying that's saying a lot. Yes. That's saying a lot. She's
4: looking.
2: Yeah, she, wow. she's right. But the uh, but I will say this: final thought on Bachelor franchise here. They they paint themselves into a corner when they have this big facade that they're looking to find somebody love, you know, second chance at love. So yeah. when a contestant goes to them and say, "I did it. Right. I found love." Right. It would be different if they pose themselves as a show that just wants ratings, wants to humiliate people on camera willingly, and get Instagram make Instagram stars. If they would have said that in two thousand two when it started, then they 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 would have had some leverage with Claire. But I and I do think that the uh, the new kind of woke world works in their favor too here. That's a,
4: that's a really um, good yeah. point. Jason, thank you for that. Uh, uh, oh, one, I just clicked on yes.
1: ten things you don't know about her. Yeah, just think it might uh, be worth mentioning. She loves wine tasting.
4: Oh, yeah, she does. Also, should be pointed out since this is since we're doing regional chat here. Which county? Yeah, I believe she she's from Santa Ana, just down the road.
1: I, I wonder. Yeah, right. she was a Girl Scout for twelve years there.
4: Yep absolutely uh well good for is her i can't wait first,
1: to see the first divorce bachelorette
4: oh um right. sh-
3: let me think just off the top of my head uh, n- uh emily becca rachel this guy's amazing caitlin um i think so deanna pappas deanna deanna was it she wasn't married um yeah. caitlin wasn't married yep. Becca, no. Rachel, no. Um What about the Virgin? Sally, no. Oh wait, no, then uh, no. he was
1: the bachelor. Now, yeah. is there a problem with her? Because I see one of her facts. She volunteers in church. Is she gonna be a problem with like the overnights? No, they like is... that. No, she's DTF.
3: No, she's she... DTF. Yeah.
1: yeah okay, she's, good. It's, it's, good. She's down. For yeah, sure.
3: For she sure. Made, she made that perfectly
4: clear on yes. Paradise. Oh yeah, she, she was still... And also now
3: we can't question her taste in men considering yeah. she had a thing with John Paul Jones of all people.
4: <laughs> that's true. I, I forgot. forgot about her fling with John Paul Jones. They were, they were still going strong at the end of paradise. I didn't, I didn't yeah, realize they had broken up.
3: Yeah, no, they were, they lasted a few months after that and then they broke up. Brutal. And, Brutal. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look, you look at, you look at Tasha's Instagram. It's very clear what Tasha's all about if you look at her mm. instagram because mm-hmm. it's nothing but solo pictures yeah. um, selfies if so, you will yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah selfies if you will yes. and some and scantily clad clothing yes uh, i
1: assume you you don't she wasn't with the uh, the old basis from led zeppelin
4: no, no, different no, fall different jokes. <laughs> uh, okay, Steve, uh, thank you. Your yeah. your wealth of information. You are the internet's foremost bachelor expert. We're lucky to have you. Thank you for that update, straight from the horse's mouth. Thank you. Uh, okay, guys, let's do let's do a few voicemails, and we'll talk Back to the Future Part Two.
6: He's so easy to hate.
4: and worthless but he's got nothing else to
6: do and he's even worse than ish 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 ish. his thoughts are useless shit shit
4: shit shit <laughs> um Steve Carbone you did you this year's smack off I know you didn't win this is always a travesty of justice when you didn't win um but did you finish higher or lower than our first voicemailer Matt in LA aka Manuel and Gardena I believe he's also a of to smack off.
3: Good question. I don't think Matt Nellway placed. Oh, I finished mm, ninth. Mm. I don't think he finished 10th. So, ninth. Uh, unbelievable. And, and, and it was, it, it, it possibly, I could have finished better. Yes. Could have finished. Better. I had a whole J Stu bit in there that oh. I, uh, decided it was a last minute decision. Cut it to remove that from my script. Mm.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll yes, take it out. You forgot uh, to think yeah. of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's J Stu's. Stu's a big topic on that show. I would have advised you to do any and all J Stu-related material. And if you, so if you haven't retired, if you're not too big for the Jim Rome show, hopefully, best of luck to you on next year's smack off. Okay, couple couple voicemails. Uh, what's going on here? It's not me. Oh, how about this?
6: Like their vibe. So uh, hold on, I'm, I'm too stupid. I'm a bad I engineer,
4: I'm a bad fucking board right, right, op, let's try man.
6: again. Easy, Eduardo, hey, uh, that chick Molly was awesome, I really liked her vibe.
4: Oh, I did a show, uh, we did a bonus show with Molly McAleer at malls, and I was just recently on her show, she reviews Lifetime movies, it's the premier Lifetime movie review show on the internet. Go check it out. Mother May I Sleep with podcast. I was on it this week. We talked about the Amanda Knox movie. It was very fun and I'm very funny on it, so you should listen. Uh,
2: so has she done has she done the uh, the Green River Killer or that's a good, um, any of the movies that, that I was in? so that's why I asked Jason. The
1: Tessa Thompson movie? I, I would like to talk about that as well.
2: He um, she
4: gave me a list of movies and there was one with Esai Morales, and I think Because of the Lou Diamond connection, I was like, is Jay Stu in this? So I sent Jay Stu a screen grab, and he's like, no, I'm not in that one. So I don't know. I'll I'll have to peruse her archive and see. So
2: the the, uh, capture of the Green River Killer um, and then uh, everything she ever wanted. That's the one with Meadow Soprano. Green River
1: Killer is when you're the the lie detector guy, right?
2: Right. Right. Yeah. So if she wants to review any of those with me, um, I think that would be a fun podcast. The Absolutely.
4: I will. Uh, I will. Um, I will let her know. We're, we're doing more shows together, so I'll let her know. Boom. But
6: one red flag in the whole convo. We're oh. here. How did you guys come up with. Whittier. Now, Stanton, I understand.
4: So we were doing some, well, while she and I were talking, we came up with some geographical chat just to fill people in that maybe haven't heard. And I was saying that I, for $10 million, it would be impossible for me to drive to Whittier despite having lived in Orange County my entire life. Um, and that's how we got on that subject.
6: That is like an anonymous city. I didn't know of it until I was like 19. See? and of course. I worked with an electrician there for a year.
4: Now, Jay Stu. Brea, I believe, is kind of near Whittier. Like you would know how to get to Whittier, right?
2: It's a stone's throw from yep. Whittier. And and La Habra is also in there. Um, right. I will I will say this about Whittier and La Habra. Please do. No freeways even close to it. So you you're, you're you're gonna t- take like twenty minutes from any given freeway to get to those cities, which just in Los Angeles, that just makes it impossible so uh, hold on the, the, yes. the cost of a house is, is pretty affordable Nothing. i think because yeah. of
4: that yeah because there's no freeways but if i were gonna go to whittier would i be somewhere near the 5605 interchange near cerritos over there yes okay that's what i thought
2: and, All right. and, and by the way cerritos is 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 the, the 91 and the 605 91 the and, five the 605 and 605 yes? is right where like pico rivera, pico rivera,
4: rivera. yes absolutely okay perfect
2: and also, you guys' OC
6: take is hilarious. I worked for five years in Irvine, and to a T, it's white America, man. Yeah, personified. She was t-
4: she was talking about how I live a bunch of, amongst a bunch of white Republicans, and that's true.
6: Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's definitely not LA. Um, anyway, Whittier. Back to Whittier, my girlfriend's hometown. Oh, hey, buddy! It's a brick. Jacobs Victor Jacobs sports icon icon legendary belt- sweetest
4: guy Jay Stu give us a give us a 10 second review of your buddy Victor brick Jacobs local sports media personality
2: of, of all the people I've met in the industry and maybe even out of the industry the most genuinely nice person I've ever met he, would you say he is the <laughs> Tasha saying-
4: he's the Tasha of the LA sports media landscape
2: <laughs> yes. If Absolutely. you're talking about just pure kindness, Did attractiveness, you, I can't give him that. Do you,
4: he's, he's got an interesting look, Vic the Brick Jacobs. Um, Steve, Reality Steve Carbone, you used to host Bruin Talk locally on Fox Sports, AM 1150. Did you have any interactions with Vic the Brick? Was he there at the time with you?
3: Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a guy that um, the, his shtick is maybe corny. And maybe 30 years old, but I am amazed at how many people when he's out in public, I used to do the the, the May 5th, the ponchos. I was there for one of those uh, in Manhattan Beach where he goes out to ponchos in Manhattan Beach every May 5th for Cinco de Mayo. And these people absolutely eat his shit up. They love the whole feeling you and the haikus and they love it. I mean, and it's still to this day. I mean, I haven't been in that industry in 20 years. Stu's worked with him more recently than I have. And that stuff was still a big hit, right? The haikus and the feeling you amazing.
4: I don't know about that, but yes, he does do that. I don't know how much of a hit it is. I do. Yes.
1: Any relation to Nick the Dick from
2: Bachelor Party? No,
4: I, I, no. could be. We should. We could find out. Uh, Vic the Brick also used to. He used to be the sports guy on Channel Thirteen, and he would, um, he would like play a highlight. And if he didn't like somebody in the highlight, he would throw a, a fake brick at the camera while wearing a bolo tie. Vic the Brick's amazing. Sure. What well, Steve? I should ask you. While you were at Poncho's, were you? Did you at all at any point turn down? Oral sex for some type of food item instead, because you—that is your mo. At the National Sports Grill, you were once offered oral sex, but chose instead to eat chicken wings. Did that also happen at Pancho's, or was that just a one-time thing?
3: No, Pancho's was uh, uh, no, I, I didn't, I didn't do it there. Okay, and good for you. It's only at National, right?
6: A broadcaster that's his hometown in SoCal. Obviously, he's from Brooklyn, but. Um, Vic, the brick is from Whittier. Most importantly, oh. Whittier is like the epicenter of Chicano Nation. It's the most I've ever American talked about Whittier. Mexicans, Mexican, americans whatever you want to call them. You can get some of the best homemade bread and tortillas oh. in okay. Whittier. Oh. okay. I'm into that. There's a movie called Boulevard Nights, all okay. about the beginnings. All
4: right. I, hey, I believe you, uh, Matt, Manuel. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Okay, another one here quick, real quick, guys.
7: Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for the the Red Circle members party that you guys threw the other night. Uh, I mean, it put Reality Steve's Vegas parties to shame.
4: Unbelievable. How does <laughs> Reality Steve's on the show and our caller, LSU Lala, calls in and mentions Reality Steve. Reality Steve, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, you had to cancel— your listener appreciation party, but I will commit right now to coming to next year's listener appreciation. (laughs) party. Oh, The (laughs) problem is you always have it on my son's birthday weekend. Yeah.
3: It's always that first weekend in June. What if I push it back a week? What if it's like second weekend in June or Mm, is that
4: possibly depends on if, if, if I don't have, it depends on if I have my kids, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you my schedule so you can put it together. Like
2: I said, like I said this year, I mean, and Brian is just short-sighted on this. Like, um, Steve's thing happens just once a year. That's right,
4: <laughs> right. As a, but unlike my son's birthday, which happens every weekend. Quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, okay, well, I'll continue.
7: Um, you guys went above and beyond. Uh, and the highlight for me was watching Telly and and Paul do karaoke. I mean, that was it was a great uh, party. So. He's right. Thanks for hosting that, guys. I know you, you know, said if we we got another 150 members, you guys would do it again. So I would uh, I would suggest that if anyone has not signed up for Red Circle, they definitely do that because they don't want to miss the next one.
4: That's that, he's absolutely right. It was a great party. Um, check out our check out yes. our, our Red Circle theballerlifestyle.com. dot com. Sign up for our Red Circle page. Okay, a couple more, at least one more.
2: What's up, ballers? Luke from Fort Collins here. Hey. So Luke's
4: Luke's up and coming. Jason Stewart, Luke from Fort Collins. Does does he
6: uh
2: does he follow you? Oh uh, yeah, does he I, no. Oh he, he does. follows he, me on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. He looks like Moby. He looks exactly like Moby. Right, he's
4: got he's got a shaved head. He looks he's a he's a white guy. He looks like Moby a little bit.
2: Yeah. Brian, I
6: can totally relate to your playlist anxiety, wanting people to like what you're what you're playing. And I just want you to know, man, I've got your back. Oh thank you. All right, with the Warren Yvonne. Smithereens, Matthew Sweet, Violent Femmes, Slayer, all that, bro, I got your back. Peace.
4: I appreciate that. He's clearly been following my Insta stories. I could have a shower right before bed. Or maybe take an Uber and get some on my Insta story. Don't be boring on my Instagram. Always excited to play that song. You can follow my Insta stories too, at Brian Beckner. Okay, one more voicemail, then we're talking about this movie.
7: Brian Ed, what's going on? Angela from Katie here. Uh,
4: oh, Angelo's new blood in the in the uh, baller lifestyle world. He called was in
2: he the one with all the thoughts on the oh blood my and sissy?
4: urban cowboy. This guy went deep on urban cowboy, and it was really a fascinating call. Let's see if he <laughs> let's see if he can do that again. I don't know. I don't know if he could step back up to that level.
7: Really like the the recap on vacation last week. I had a thought though. I thought you guys hit all the good points, and especially ruining my childhood by telling me that. Chevy Chase wasn't funny but you know it is what it is uh, go back and you know look when Rusty uh, and Dale were together and Dale told him about Bob and his baloney did you see the the horrified look on Rusty's face yeah I have a theory that cousin Dale actually went to give him a uh, a demonstration because <sighs> uh, that, that wow. look on his face was uh was fear and we know he had just learned how to be a man a few days or you know a few days when he was talking to clark right uh and you know it's supported by cousin eddie trying to mouth rape ellen every time they would go in for a hug he was he was trying to lip lock her and then of course we know him and vicky had a donald and ivanka kind of relationship so uh it wouldn't surprise me at all if cousin dale wanted to give him a uh, personal demonstration uh one last thing guys guys you're talking about getting rid of the scoop it up song Oh, uh, yeah. I'm here to say no, please. I know, uh, I know. Actually, it's my favorite song of Everyone all the ones loves you it. have. Everyone and, loves it. You know, if people don't like it or you phrase it, they're going to hate it, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I do a podcast myself. Oh, you do? And as a uh, veteran podcaster, I know exactly about how much money you're making. And uh, I don't think you're going to lose too much of that non-existing money. From your uh, yellow triangle or subscribers right. or whatever, if you keep a, a song wow. on that may offend people. If it offends them, they probably weren't going to subscribe to the show anyway. That's a really good uh, point. As always, fellas, keep up the good work. Talk to you later.
4: Angelo, I love that you just shit all over us at the
1: end of that. He sort of plugged his own podcast? Yeah, he hey, hey, listen, to all podcast hosts out there, I'm happy to be a guest and promote my wonderful book,
4: Heroes and Jerks available on Amazon right now? Maybe Angelo will have you on. Angelo, reach out to Ed Daly. Ed, give what's the Heroes and Jerks email?
1: Uh heroesandjerks at gmail.com.
4: Heroesandjerks at gmail.com. Heroes and jerks available now on Amazon.
2: You know, Steve Steve has at least one podcast, probably two, and he's he's got six figures in uh literature. Jesus, Jason? And you'd think you would think that Ed Daly could go on his show just kind of as a friend of a oh friend. Oh God, what are you doing? The but the last time I tried to go on Steve's podcast with Beckner, <laughs> oh he, he said that this we so were not relevant enough. <laughs> <just a> <laughs> but,
4: I mean, he's right. He's right. He's Steve's big time. We're lucky to have him. He talks about The Bachelor and we're not known to his audience. And I, I respect him for being honest yeah, about that. Fair.
3: Yeah, My audience would be mortified by some of the things that comes out of Brian and <laughs> Stu's mouth and even Ed, I guess they they, they wouldn't be, they don't, it's like a totally. It's it's the same audience, but it's a different audience that wouldn't be able to. Uh, the the woke twenty twenty crowd, I don't think would be uh, would be too keen yeah, to some of the they things. They wouldn't that like
1: the scoop it up, song. I so
3: they, oh, no, that.
4: they definitely wouldn't. And so, you know, reality comes on from time to time, and he's he's lucky enough to, or we're lucky enough to have him. Join us at the end of the season. Oftentimes, when the when the Bachelor ends or the Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise ends, and he kind of comes on and because uh, Jason. And I are spoiler avoidant. So a lot of times we don't know what a lot of people that are reading reality Steve already know about these shows. So we just watch it with just from the, with the eyes of babes. Like we just don't want to know. We want to, we want to live the fantasy with all these people on The Bachelor. And then at the end of the season, Steve comes on and he goes, well, here's what's actually was happening. Here's what was going on. Here's who was, who really was in the running, who wasn't. Here's everything that happened behind the scenes, which is great for us. And I get a lot of Steve's people cause Steve will retweet when I have him on and I get a lot of Steve's people coming in and he's right. A lot of them are very confused by the way (laughs) Jason and I talk about the bachelor, but also some are very cool and some have become followers of mine and people that interact with me regularly. But, uh, a lot of them are, don't really see it the same way Jason and I do, but still, uh, it's fun. To do.
2: It's 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 really if you think about it, it's the opposite demographic. Um, Steve's listeners are bachelor fans yeah. and they're not bachelor fans in a, an ironic way. They really care about the show and the contestants yeah. and what goes on in their lives. We are a podcast for men in their 40s who don't watch the show
4: in and 30s and 20s. And women. We have women listeners. We have lots of women listeners. Sometimes they call and <laughs> tell us their thoughts on penises. Okay, here is a. Um, let's do the trailer and then we'll talk about the movie. Do you remember the future? Why is the volume so low? Hold on.
0: Are oh, we back?
4: We're back. Huey. Can't get enough Huey, honestly. October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. Lizzie Shue, upgrade.
1: I gotta check this out, Doc. Look What happened to your son? Oh, <laughs> a complete wimp
4: yep. don't
6: talk to anyone you've been looking no.
4: don't touch anything i need to borrow your hoverboard the iconic hoverboard chase
7: and try not to look at anything I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling.
4: Lost a lot of respect for Doc Brown in the second movie. We can talk about that.
6: Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's we'll wrong with making a few bucks on the side? No.
4: Also, Marty. Take. Marty's kind of a piece of shit. creating
6: an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes.
4: Yeah. Trump's the president in this movie. Spoiler alert.
6: Although no. oh. I not imagine hell
2: being much worse. But they'll all be back.
4: Principal Strickland. A lot of drive-bys at his place in the future. Or in the alternate past
1: Michael J Fox
4: Lorraine got implants
6: Christopher Lloyd Michael J Fox like a couple of teenagers
4: this is a major problem and Michael J. Fox. even bigger problem him playing his own daughter with a five o'clock shadow a Robert Zemeckis film. I don't feel like that would be allowed the these days okay back to the future it's the first one. Came out in 1985. It was a massive hit. This one came out in 1989. Felt a little bit rushed. Script wise. Yeah.
1: So I remember when it came out on video, they added the to be continued at the end of the movie. Right. And I remember as a kid thinking, when are they ever going to come up with this movie? And it was like, what, four years later?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: It felt like forever, forever when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, but when you but when you saw Back to the Future the first one in the theaters, it never had to be continued at the end of the movie. It right. only came out on the VHS, which was another kind of quirky thing about this franchise. Oh, fascinating! I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not come out in the theaters. Uh-huh.
1: And I just yeah. googled before the show, like. Fun fact sometimes you get they the original draft had Marty traveling to 1967 as a Vietnam draft dodger. Wow, <laughs> it would have been a weird movie.
4: Little, yeah, kind of shades of Born on the 4th of July. Um, and, and, yeah. and the time travel machine was supposed to
3: be a refrigerator.
4: oh Oh, right yeah
3: it wasn't it wasn't they came up with the delorean to you know kind of spice it up and and make it a little smarter
1: and maybe that's why spielberg used it for that horrible indiana jones four
3: that's what they said that's exactly where it came from
1: oh okay oh the Uh, one with shia uh, labeouf yeah. yeah
4: didn't see it
2: the thing that we need to give credit to is john delorean um he was cocaine. a cocaine trafficker. Yeah. He was married to Christina Ferrari. He was, the, he was the first person that dared to have doors open from bottom to the top. Amazing. And yeah. cars have never been the same since. Right. It really caught on.
4: It did. Absolutely.
2: He also was like, hey, how, you know,
4: it's a good way to save the money on these is we just, first of all, we'll make them a huge piece of shit. But also we just won't paint them. We'll just <laughs> give you a car, no paint job. So it's like don't have to worry. Never get a scratch in the paint because there's no paint.
1: Uh, and like there's yeah. no such thing as as I mean there there is a such thing, but the you don't see at like car shows these DeLoreans because they none of them run. Like they, they, you can't. I remember for the comedians and cars getting coffee. Jerry Seinfeld tried to pick Patton Oswald up in one, and it broke right away. They're real shitty cars,
4: yeah, there is i th- believe somebody does own the license to the Delorean name, and they they have a shop in Huntington Beach, and it's all like back to the future looking Deloreans like they're all done up like the like the back to the future two version, the modern but not
1: from the eighties they they like make them now no, no, no they're
4: they, no, they're from the eighties, they're just the old you know. They, like, keep them going, I guess. Um, okay. Back to the Future Part Two is a 1989 American science fiction film. Robert Zemeckis is back for this one. Written by Bob Gale. It is the sequel to the 1980 film, 85 film, Back to the Future. Second installment in the trilogy. The film stars, of course, Michael J. Fox is there, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Thomas F. Wilson, Playing several roles. Uh, the film follows Marty McFly and his friend, Dr. Emmett Doc Brown, as they. Is he a doctor in the same way Dr. Phil is? Kinesiology?
1: Do you think he played football for Tulsa? Also? Right, no, no uh, North. We yeah, can find the stats.
4: North Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The as they travel from 1985 to 2015, who could have imagined to prevent Marty's son, who seems like a real dumb shit, from sabotaging the McFly family's future when their arch nemesis Biff Tannen steals stocks the time machine and uses it to alter history for his benefit. The duo must return to 1955. Well, we'll get to that because I don't think they needed to go back to 1955, but we can talk about that. Um, The film, what do you guys think the budget was for the second? If you haven't looked it up already, how much do you think it cost to make Back to the Future Part 2? I'll tell you, $40 million, $40 million was the budget. I imagine a big chunk of that went to Michael J. Fox. Um, It was filmed back to back with the sequel Part 3, that's right. Filming began in February 1989 after two years were spent building the sets and writing the scripts. Two actors from the first film, Crispin Glover and Claudia Wells, did not return. We've talked about that before on the show. Wells' character, Jennifer Parker, was recast with Zofdig Elizabeth Shue in the role, while Glover's character, George McFly, was not only minimized in the plot, but was also obscured and portrayed by Jeffrey Wiseman in heavy makeup. Yeah, he looked like a Duracell man. Glover successfully sued Zemeckis and Gale, changing how producers can deal with the departure and replacement of actors in a role. He changed Hollywood. He's like, hey, you're doing an impersonation of me in this movie. You can't do that. You have to pay me to be in it or you can't have me in it. Um, Back to the Future Part Two was also a groundbreaking project for visual effects studio, industrial light and magic Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it made a lot of money. I think it was like in the 400 million range. 335.9 million. It's a big hit despite being not a good movie. Um, what do we need to say about this? Um, they, so when it's, did this
1: come out? 1989. No, but what, I, I kind of remember it coming out pretty soon like there wasn't a long gap between two and three i know they you said they filmed together but like was one a christmas movie and the other was a summer movie it was something like pretty close
4: i don't know i'll have to look up let's see back to the future part three i'm sure there's a link um i know yeah maybe they came out the same year back to back oh part three no way no way. hold on 18 1990 so. 1990 so the next really? year yeah
2: so i think since like since steve asked to do this podcast mm-hmm. and he he claims that it's one of his favorite movies if not franchises of all time maybe we just kind of grab his quick thoughts on well, this. well oh, hold on it's, i just oh it was so it was
1: a it was a thanksgiving 89 movie and three was a summer
4: 90 movie I, so yeah so, it was like so, six months yeah months. um sh- I think that Reality Steve, he, he likes to go to Vegas and play some craps. I imagine he also likes to get down on a football game or two. He plays over-unders. He knows the spreads. I think that the gambling aspect of this movie is part of the appeal for Reality Steve. Steve, give us your thoughts.
2: So Steve dropped off. Oh, we lost Steve. Um, so hold on. Before we do, we push pause and, and start it. Oh, call him right back. Just keep talking. What, Jay Clean Stu? Post. Jay Stu, you give us your thoughts. I think I think it's an awful movie. Um, so I want to
1: I want to po- point out also the three of us did this movie already.
2: We did. No, no, yes, I, it yeah. was kind of in the context of uh, we did it as a. <sighs> More of a, a franchise thing as opposed to because we were just doing it movie. for future day. Yeah, we we're yeah doing that's it right for
1: when it actually took place. Th- yeah, yeah.
2: This is a deep dive into a movie that our our guest Steve Carbone is a super fan of. Yes. Yeah. so I think yeah. th- this is the difference this time around. So absolutely. Steve, why don't you you tell us your broad strokes opinion of the movie just in general? Because I ha- I have distinct thoughts after watching it yet again yesterday, and it was a hate watch
3: um in general i vacillate back and forth between these three movies of which one i like the best on any given day you could ask me and i could say you know what two was my favorite probably if i'm in more of a gambling mode um if if you ask me on nostalgia i'd say one of course three has always been on the back burner but when i I see it come across on hbo I, when I see it come across on HBO, I stop and watch. Got and the- I realize there are parts that I really, I'm like, oh, you know what? Because I've seen all these movies so many times now. Every time I watch it, all I look for are things that I haven't recognized in the past. And because there are so many little things and so many little lines here and there that maybe you don't pick up on. Um, so, but on the for the most part, I vacillate mostly between one and two being my favorite in the franchise. Three kind of always stays three. Not that I hate it. I just, I've never been a big Western guy period. So that whole time period, what about the, what about so- the
4: Steenburgen factor? Steenburgen? Yeah, I mean,
3: the thing about three is I didn't really care about old people love. And yeah. that's what three gave us. It's centered around. That's a good point. That's what I didn't like about three. However, three is more similar to one yes. because it's about going back in time and trying to get the whole goal was let's get back to our normal life in 1985 that's what three was about. That's what one was about. Two was a very much blackened, darkened version yeah. of, yeah. you know, it's, it was very dark. There was murder in it. When yeah. we thought, you know, George Clooney was murdered, um, it's it's kind of similar to what people thought about the second, uh, the Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie. That it was just such a deviation from Force Awakens, and you know, the third one I forget the title, but it, it almost like that. Like it's such a dark version. It's like this isn't the real Back to the Future because we have this alternate world where a lot of negative stuff was happening where one and three were more happy-go-lucky but um so three is very similar to one in that aspect but i've never been a western fan and old people love didn't interest me i didn't care about doc getting his dick sucked and,
1: and wow. the one thing wow. about mary steenbergen is i mean i think she's more attractive now she, than she got hotter. She was in three yeah she is she is one of the great uh getting better looking with age it's
4: better with age
1: let I right. remember
3: her from parenthood parenthood is when i think she was might have been in her that was mm-hmm. prime prime steinberger uh, uh, prime
4: yeah
2: mm-hmm. um by oh, the way yes. uh, parenthood doesn't get enough credit for that mm-hmm. cast uh a young young Joaquin Kean, Phoenix yeah. a Keanu yep. Reeves yep. that i i just got a uh, a job at the movie theater my first job ever and that was the first movie that showed when I got my job. So is, this, a, is this at the Brea times. Mall?
4: Were you working at the Brea Mall uh, Edwards yeah. Theater in Brea, California, Jason?
2: Sure. Just mm-hmm. for just for the sake of the story to move this along. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so so that movie just doesn't get enough credit in general. I think it's great. It's, no, it's a good movie. Good good show. Yeah. Um, but Steve, I I have to disagree with with one thing. Right. My my overall my overall view on two was this, the um, society at the time in the mid to late eighties very easily impressed when it came to uh, explosions and special effects. I mean, it was you know technology was just starting to get like really badass. People loved the the original just because we had never seen anything like it. The special effects were incredible, extraordinary. And not unlike Avatar 10 years ago, I think everyone was so wrapped up in how cool it was that they went to the theater and watched it as an experience, not because of the story. And then two comes along and they they try to even outdo one in special effects because of the future and all that shit. And to me, the story is so awful and flawed Horrible. that it, it was overlooked back then because we just wanted to go see a bunch of shit we'd never seen That's in That's a the really theater. good point. But in the context of 2020, these stories are s- just so dreadful. Yes. I can't believe someone of Steve's uh, IQ and, mm. and, you know, I, tr- I, I trust your taste and uh, judgment. I just I don't understand how you could love these movies but on the stories. Couldn't disagree more.
3: Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I absolutely loved the continuity because basically let's face it. These three movies are one long movie. It's, right, it's a continuous right. movie, a continuous story set into three different parts. Super cut. Um, It is, I, I just, I, I love the, twi- I love the continuity. I love the way they just kind of, everything kind of flowed for me. I didn't, I mean, clearly you have to suspend disbelief when watching these movies and uh, you know, and I, I told you guys on the Texas morning, I just think time travel wise, we've seen a lot of time travel movies and because time travel isn't real, anything that involves time travel, you can create your own rules. Lost did it. Terminator does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade runner did it. Like you can do your own thing, but this, that the Gales, Bob and Zemeckis both set out to do in this franchise, the way they told time travel seems to be, if it were a real thing, yeah very realistic because it's very linear. It's like you can go back in time, but you can't change certain things, or you can change certain things, but it would... It would then change everything in the future when you got back to 1985, like in one. So, I'm fine. That's why I'm good with it. And I love the continuity. And then the, the fact that the second one had a whole gambling aspect to it and yes, the whole. That's movie the part was, was you By Marty. Yeah. Because he wanted to bet on sports. Like, that had my pants in a, all tight. What, yeah. a, what
4: a
1: selfish piece the, of shit. The one thing I, I would say I, I was able to suspend disbelief with the whole time travel thing. I did find it highly implausible that in the alternate. 2015 there would be people still listening to i can't drive 55 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i found that was, very unrealistic it was
4: it was on when they showed up to biff tannen's pleasure yeah. palace yeah yeah let's and Nobody I, can I, to
1: that, so. mm-hmm. let's let's
3: also talk something about biff here sure people can say what they want about thomas f wilson because he was never a big thing anywhere after this mm-hmm. franchise he, he was on freaks and geeks though yeah yeah wasn't freaks and geeks um do you realize in three movies that not that I, I'm not saying he needs an Oscar and I'm not saying that he needs. And he's not getting one. Yeah. Any, yeah. He's not getting an Oscar, but this guy did play seven different versions yeah. of himself. He That's played amazing. 1985 uh, Biff. That was dominant to George McFly. He paid 1985 Biff. That was subservient to George McFly. He paid alternate 1985, which was the, basically now the, the version of Trump that we talk about. He played his 1955 self. He played his 19, he played his 2015 self as Biff, as the grandfather. And then in set, and then in three, he played Mad Buford Dog. Mad Dog Tannen. Like, right, amazing. It, it not, I, that wasn't easy. I'm not saying he's Pacino, but I, I it, it goes overlooked at how good of a job that guy did playing Himself seven different ways. It was great. And why does uh,
1: he hate the role so much? Right. He's so bitter. I mean, of all the people that just lean into the nostalgia, he's the one who doesn't appear in, like they did during quarantine, they did like a, a Zoom reunion and he's the one who can't participate. Like he's, he he likes to be thought of as a uh, more serious actor or something. It's yeah. ridiculous.
8: Yeah. I don't know what his deal is with that. Um,
3: But then, he, but then he did come on after the fact. They did give him a minute and a half video right Josh Gad did in that. So, I, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, he certainly – and he had nothing pre-show. He was a stand-up comedian um, before this, got the gig, never took off after that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he – not that, like I said, he's not Pacino or anything, but the fact that he was able to do those roles playing the same – character, seven different ways Amazing. versions
1: of himself.
4: Pretty good. Stunning portrayal. Uh, he probably and, made a few really, bucks off it. Yeah,
1: And I do agree that Elizabeth Shue is great, but I, I liked Claudia well. She, I mean, she couldn't appear because her mom was sick, but yeah. she, I was a fan.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah she, was, her. she was fine in the first mm-hmm. one, and yeah, sure. the mother was sick, and the mother was her manager, so they needed somebody, and Elizabeth Shue was right in their wheelhouse of, you know... I eighty mean, nine. So she had already done she had already done the karate kid. She had already done a uh, cocktail, I believe. She had already done I don't know if she had done leaving Las Vegas yet. No. Uh, not, yet. not sure about that.
2: No, no, not yet. That it was later. That was early
3: nineties.
4: That was peak Lizzie Shoe, I'll be honest. Oh, but yeah. cocktail oh she was a she was a rocket
3: in yes. cocktail. Yes. Oh yeah. my
4: God. Amazing. Beautiful. Um a couple things here. So the um they go so the movie takes place the next day. Like Marty comes home and he's fucking he's his whole fa- family dynamic has changed. His dad's a successful author, his brother's not a loser anymore, his sister, who's also the sister and bosom buddies, she's doing well. Except they still live in the same house. And the whole family still all lives in the same house, but he's got a sweet 4x4, the sweetest Toyota 4x4 ever.
1: Biff which I love his amazing,
4: tracksuit. yeah.
1: Um, but Biff, it's weird because he's subservient, Biff. Yeah. But yet he's he's a, a like a car detailer. Yeah. That works on command, but then he's allowed to go in their house and get their mail and shit. It's crazy. Yeah,
4: he's he's like a yeah, he's like a man Friday, but also he tried to rape the mom,
1: right? Thirty years before. You wouldn't think he'd get. House access. No,
4: that's I just don't think that I just don't think that they would stay in contact with the guy that really tormented them in their in their formative years.
1: Right. I just watched that uh, Michelle McNamara thing and nobody wanted to uh, have the East Area rapist like wash their cars after.
4: That's, yeah. Yes, that's a really good that's point.
2: Good point. Yes. <laughs> and so the 1950s, if, if I'm to uh, take Zemeckis' uh, view of the 50s, um, men could go up, harass, shake, oh and, yeah, and, and uh, belittle women. And then as they're running away in fear, you scream at them, one day I'm going to marry you that 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 (laughs) happened in the 50s Uh, that is kind of it was a different time
3: for biff Tannen. for (laughs) biff Tannen, it was uh it was a thing but yeah there's when you look back at even the first one and the second one uh, yeah uh, definitely a lot of me too moments that you're like oh wow i mean he basically told lorraine like yeah i'm going i'm going to marry you someday lorraine someday you're gonna be my wife and uh that's kind of kind
4: of forward, I think. Yeah, I don't think you can get away with that now.
3: But I think um,
1: that's how half the Elvis movies went. So that's a good point. <laughs>
4: that's a good point. Also, did they? I noticed when they jump ahead to 2015, there's a lot of problematic things. Um, mostly the staying power of the Max Headroom style character. Like they <laughs> yeah. they go to the 80s diner. And it's like Max Headroom, Michael Jackson, Max Headroom, Reagan, Reagan Max Re- Reagan. Max Headroom, Ayatollah. Like, it's very weird. Like, Max Headroom was around just briefly, and they, they just really felt like it was going to be something that, that stuck around and was popular for quite a while. Do you guys think that was weird?
1: <laughs> yeah. And also, Michael Jackson, by 2015... I think yeah. we were pretty clear he wasn't going to be serving us hamburgers. No, we didn't want no, that.
4: No, Well, because he, um, he was a pedophile, right?
1: But speaking yeah. of fallen uh, angels from the 80s, how about uh, Doc Brown with the Bill Cosby machine in the car on their way to the 2015? That's great.
4: I wanted to bring that up. That was he, So he had a roofie machine. They're, they go to 2015, and Jennifer, as can happen, she starts asking a lot of questions and <laughs> right. And doc is like, hold up. You know, he's, he's very concerned about upsetting the sort of butterfly effect of things. Like you can't go and like fuck with time, which is probably, I assume why they didn't do what is required of anybody with access to a time machine. And that's go and baseball bat murder, a baby Adolf Hitler. Like that's the, that's the number one rule. If you get, if you get to go back in time, you have to go kill Hitler. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Uh, But he didn't do, he, he wants to keep things chill. So he, because he's been to the future, he busts out a fucking roofie machine. And puts puts Jennifer right to sleep. Could you imagine if in the future this existed and fucking frat houses were to get a hold of it? This is oh this is God. the most dangerous item in the in, that could ever have been invented in the whole future.
1: Yeah, this is the Casas dream.
4: <laughs> so, well, he seemed to do okay with his <laughs> his antiquated <laughs> methods. They seemed to work pretty well.
2: <laughs> I think the, the yeah. thing that the thing that we could spend probably three hours on is are the things that that Zemeckis cherry picked as things to make a really big deal in 2015, and then things that he completely missed on. Like there 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 are newspapers that people still read, and there are uh, telephone booths. Um, he obviously didn't anticipate this cellular phone phenomenon which i think by 85 was was at least a rumor i mean wall street had some form of of cellular yeah. phone and then um he spends a lot of time on the clothes form fitting and drying themselves which is not very interesting um flying cars was a huge miss that was he, yeah. he thought that was 25 years years away yeah And and the hoverboards, which a lot of people today will be like, yeah, there are hoverboards, but those aren't hoverboards.
4: And also the learning curve was pretty seemed pretty easy to pedal a humming uh, hoverboard like he Marty jumps right on, never having been on one. And he's fucking flying around Hill Valley Square like NBD.
1: And also Jaws. Jaws had been killed off in the mid 80s with that horrible one with Michael Caine. Jaws 3D. Yeah,
3: that was, that was Jaws. The revenge is Michael Caine. Oh, all right. Jaws the revenge.
1: But, but J- this is Jaws 19. Like there were no more Jawses after the Michael Caine one, right?
3: No, I think that was just a silly joke. I don't yeah. think it was actually, but, yeah. but, um, but let's, but let's do uh, to, to counterpoint Stu, because I'm going to do that the whole podcast, um, <laughs> to defend my, my love here. Um, let's, let's talk about, I mean, remember, this was probably written in 87, 88. And filmed in 88, debuts in 89, they don't have a lot of foresight. You can't predict the future. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. They actually got some things right. The whole self-lacing shoes thing became a, a thing back right. at the 30-year reunion. Right. Um, What were the other things that ended up being true?
1: The Marlins, right? He he talked about Miami being a baseball team. How about the Um, fact
3: the Cubs beat the Marlins in the 2015 World Series? I can tell you without a doubt, and – Obviously, it's not going to you're not going to doubt this. But in 2015, when the Cubs made the playoffs, I absolutely bet them to win the World Series strictly because of this movie. And I was off by a year because they won it in 2016. That's right. That was a That was a good call by them. Um,
1: The USA Today, it talks about how the when when they talk about how quickly the criminals are prosecuted. Um, they talked about how the Justice Department wanted to ban lawyers, which is kind of predicting the type of shit that Bill Barr is trying to do.
2: Right. Hey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but what about USA Today in general? Um, I don't know how. What, they exist what's, the in the, what, what's the name of the uh, hotel still? What's the name of is it Hill Valley? What's the name of the. Hill the, Valley. Uh, Hill Valley. I, I don't know how – was this a major metropolis at some point in somebody's mind? Because the cover of USA Today had – the first one had McFly on the cover getting arrested. And then this one had on the cover um, – what's-his-face getting arrested? These were like top right. of the United States. National news. news yeah. at that point. <laughs> well, okay. if the
1: guy invented rock and roll, Marty McFly – I mean, if if Hill Valley at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance is where Johnny Be Good and Rock and Roll started, maybe right. it is a focal city.
4: Could <laughs> we – could um, – in reflection, I mean, it's sort of problematic that Chuck Berry was given his sound by a teenage white savior, right? Like that's right. – I don't think it's we could do that now. Yeah,
1: The black guy borrowing from the white kid. Yeah yeah as opposed to every other rock situation
4: they also had um FaceTime sort of right he goes they go to his um
3: oh, yeah that was the other thing Mar- that was the other thing they got the,
4: right yeah marty's house had FaceTime it was the future and they had like future like you're wearing two ties and doc brown has a clear tie for some reason and it's like things are a little bit different but also they still have like um shitty dark oak cabinets and white tile counters like every house built in 1989 i thought that was
2: like they didn't didn't really upgrade the finishes in 2015 (laughs) they had had Um, flying cars but the houses were still very much made in the 1960s
1: (laughs) (laughs) um they also still had problematic uh portrayals of asians because when he his boss oh yeah times him he calls him McFry. Yes. Yes.
4: After, after he FaceTimes with Flea, could somebody explain that to me? Flea was trying to get him into some nefarious business. He needed his credit card and he eventually he gives him his credit card. And then his, then his Japanese boss is like, I heard all that. You're fucking fired. But it was like, I didn't get what they were doing and what it, how was Marty the bad guy in that situation?
3: Because apparently Flea was running, an right.
4: illegal was, ring of something. He was guilty got Yeah, guilt right. by association.
3: Right.
2: association. And by the way, and he Biff was fired by fax, by the way. Yeah, he had like seven fax machines in his house. Yeah. You guys said that uh, the, the actor that played Biff didn't really do much, but like I would contend. It's actually the opposite Flea, of what we said. Flea was worse. <laughs> like Flea went on to play awful music for the next 40 years. Just, um, Jay
4: Stu really <laughs> oh, hates the Red Hot Chili Peppers and he will find any yeah. chance he can.
1: He, got, he worked it into our Point Break episode as well. Right. And
4: this, this is a guy who's the biggest Coldplay fan on the planet. So take that with a grain <laughs> of salt. Um, Biff, Biff steals the DeLorean. What... I'm let's not never mind the treatment of Jennifer where she's just roofied for the whole movie and, and then, then like
1: like layer in the garbage
4: yeah they're like we're the gonna area. go to we're gonna go to town I'm gonna go I'm um, you go meet up with Griff and I'm gonna go head off the um, your son somewhere but for some reason Jennifer can't stay just stay in the car roofied let's throw her in the trash <laughs> Like, let's put her in this dumpster for a while. Like, it's kind of a weird, and then they just throw her on the, they, they come back to 1985, and Hilldale's a fucking war zone. Strickland's got, uh, he's getting, he's getting AK'd outside his house. Everyone's got to carry a gun. There's there's cars crashed all over the street, and they're like, oh, we'll just leave Jennifer here on the fucking porch. Like, just dump her.
1: Hill, Hilldale is, uh, Hill Valley, or whatever that complex, the, the complex he lives in, Uh, It becomes a really terrible (laughs) section of town, and that is when we're introduced to black people in the movie other than Goldie Wilson. Right,
4: right. (laughs) Yes, that's like this neighborhood has gone to shit. Yeah, like black people live there.
3: I got a by the way, I've got a great that guy moment from this movie. So when Marty comes back to alternate 1985, even though he doesn't know where he is yet, jumps into his room black girl in the bed black dad comes in swinging a baseball bat that's a
1: bla- stunt double danny glover yeah
3: you know who you know who that black guy is or you know Ooh. who that guy is sorry um <laughs> that guy is jive talking guy from the airplane movie shut up unbelievable what Unbelievable! Jack that's him.
4: Whoa. I mean, my mom didn't I mean, raise you no know fools yeah. unbelievable wow what I'm a poor. what a pull
3: yeah, uh, can you – like, I, I when I saw it – because when I saw it recently, when I made my nephew watch it to, so I can turn him into a Back to the Future fan, um, I was like, God, he looks familiar. And so I Googled Back to the Future 2, saw who he was, and I was like, oh, it's the guy from the airplane movies that – oh, That's great. I speak – you know, man, I speak jive. Yeah, same guy. Um, cool unbelievable.
1: Awesome
3: what? So okay. – Yes. Steve,
1: So you're you're more of an expert than any of us, and I yeah. I, I am uh, more on your side than Brian's side. But
3: and Stu, Stu hates it. Yeah.
1: So I I wrote a story uh, about just around Future Day. Like this is what needs to come true if it's going to come true. And I got the Back to the Future mob on me, and people are telling me to kill myself. What what does Mister Fusion do? Does that that doesn't take the place of plutonium? Yeah, it does. I I was I rem- remember people telling me to kill myself,
3: Mister Fusion. When, when, when oh. you throw,
1: when you throw the garbage into it, that's another technology thing that would be cool if you could just throw your garbage into right, the car the, and it the, would
4: go. The car runs on banana peels and old beer. And also, who throws away a perfectly full beer? And why don't they have trash bags in their trash can?
1: Yeah, wasn't MGD though? I mean, it
4: was it was High Life.
1: Oh, high oh champagne and yeah. beers! Yeah. yeah, you
4: finish that. Yeah, the gold can. Yeah, definitely. Um, who thinks that Biff, old ass Biff, in the future would be able to? He gets the almanac, right? So Marty's a piece of shit, right? He knows he's been to the fucking future before. He or the past, he knows. That you can't fuck with anything, and he still decides, hey, I'm gonna buy this sports almanac and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna cheat my way ahead at life, which is why you could see how he ended up. He was a, he was actually low key a piece of shit. George and Lorraine, shitty fucking parents. His life turns out like you shit. Wouldn't, you He's wouldn't miserable.
1: To, you would be tempted to get a little taste? Of course I would. Something. Absolutely. Well, here, I'm a horrible person. Here's
3: something, here's something if we wanna nitpick, and this is something that I even say, I've said a few times a sports almanac. That covers fifty years of sports scores. Every game. of every sport is looking like about a seventy-five page it's magazine. A really good like point. I think, I think to list every college football score for the last fifty years would be five hundred pages. Like yes, it's, yes. just that sport alone. <laughs> yeah. So
2: especially if, if it's like the the U S the UCLA game on a random Saturday night, <laughs> yeah. which was the worst example, by the way. If if you're gonna have an example of a game that definitely proves the almanac is real, you have like a pick six. When that when it, or a fumble and, and and run back for touchdown when a team is trying to run out the clock, but they said, "Hey, I I bet the uh, score ends nineteen to seventeen, and yeah, you know for sure the all They were setting up for a fucking field goal." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now now here's where I come in while you guys make your laughs and have fun and make fun of it. Here's where I come in and, and tell you this is one of the as as small of a. As small of a deal as it was, this is the the attention to detail that the writers had on this. If you go back to November 12, November 12th, 1955, there was a football game played between UCLA and Washington where the score was 1917 and the game ended on a game winning field goal. Unbelievable. I'm just stunned. They actually made sure that if someone were to go
4: check back on that.
3: That game actually happened. It was UCLA versus Washington. The final was 1917. I think in the movie, they said in the movie, it was a game-ending field goal. In the actual real game, the field goal was kicked with like 11 seconds left, so they still had time to maybe run back to Steve or whatever. But Steve. That's that's where I love this fucking... Did the, Steve,
1: Did the screenwriters uh, explain why Elijah Wood was wearing a colander on his head? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I have to say, like, you have my respect already because of just the um, amazing work i've seen you do over the years but your level of nerddom (laughs) for shit like this is fucking beyond anything i've ever encountered i like that kind of knowledge is just stunning to me it's amazing and that's why we love having you on it's incredible uh, By the
2: way, yes. that, that reminds me, I, I'm guessing Steve went on this thing called the Internet uh, to get to to fact check that or maybe he read it somewhere. But anyways, um, the Internet, huge miss. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's, what and were they guess, FaceTiming on? How do you know that in
4: 1988? What were, they, know. what were they FaceTiming on?
1: Fucking phone lines?
2: I, a, a paradigm changer. The world has never been the same. Didn't even come close to the Internet. He didn't have anything that even referenced it.
1: And why why was Doc Brown so upset about Marty trying to alter history with gambling? Yet the whole premise of Two is, hey, we need to go to 2015 so you can alter history <laughs> so your kids aren't pieces yeah. of
4: shit. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Is there any way that Biff can just fucking jump in the De- DeLorean and drive back, fly back to November 12th? Nineteen fifty-five. I mean, that—that's a bridge yeah, too he far was for me. A sad
1: sack m- mechanic who saw the car take off and immediately figured out what to do.
4: Uh, yeah, that—that that, that
3: was crazy. My guess was it was already pre-programmed into the machine. Like, right. yeah, it was. Future Biff wouldn't know how to program a new a DeLorean car. But remember, at the beginning of the movie, he did see it take off into space and was like, "What the hell is going on here?" When Doc, Jennifer, and Marty—remember—he came running out saying, "Marty, here's your keys," and he sees. A Delorean. He's like, what the hell, flying Delorean? Yeah. What the hell is going on here? So he had seen it thirty years previous. When he got into it,
1: well, he, when he saw it take off, he chased after, and he goes, "Hey Marty, I want you to check out my new business cards." Match for my no,
3: matchbooks. Yeah,
1: uh, matchbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Um. Yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah. I I think it's.
3: He, did he punch in the numbers saying, "I want to go to November 12th? No, he got into a time. He he got into a car that he knew was a time machine. Because he overheard Doc and Marty talking about it right outside Cafe Eighties, and was then a preset. he just it was gets into it. And that's how he ends up, and that's how he ends up back in uh, just, November twelfth, uh, nineteen. Right.
2: Just like, yeah. just like the, the function on our cell phones, recent calls. You can go back to the yeah. recent calls. Androids and have that. Your that? Girlfriend's been, been fucking the neighbor. Right? They didn't even come close to having a cell phone in this movie. And uh, I mean, they had and, FaceTime.
4: They, Again, they Michael were,
2: Douglas had a cell phone in, in Wall Street in 85.
4: They were Skyping to the living room like they were they were they were post cell phone. And also they
2: had, they had payphone stands next to the newspaper bin. <laughs> right, That's a good
3: point. <laughs> um, here's here's something yeah. else to think about, really, about 2015. We only get this movie is maybe 15, 20 minutes in 2015. So it's not like they explored. It was yeah. go back there. Cafe '80s, uh, hoverboard race. Immediately, Biff's and you know grips in jail. Oh shit! Jennifer's getting taken back to her future house. They go to that home, and then once Jennifer's out of there, they're back to alternate 1985. They were never there enough to be like, let's discover everything of what's going on in 2050 and what it's, it's going to look. That's like. true. it's yep. only 20 minutes.
4: That's basically. that's a really good point. The,
2: the Trump
3: stuff is. It's like a glimpse, yeah. a glimpse yeah. of what we think it's going to be. They hit on some things: FaceTime, Cubs. Um, uh, the, the, uh, self-lacing shoes and they missed on certainly missed on flying cars. Like, it's just like, wow. But so, in 1988, yeah. maybe did we didn't know. I mean, in 1988, yeah. when you watched it, you were like, holy shit, Out we're going to be flying cars yep. in 2015. Yeah. Like it's well, the, the thing that
2: you do give Zemeckis a pass because, um, you know, when they did Blade Runner, I granted it was nine years earlier. They had flying cars in what year? Was it 2018? Yeah.
1: Well, so I, I, I guess every I'm futuristic look was flying cars. That was always a thing.
4: Yeah, no, flying cars yeah. are a thing. So, they, speaking of Alternative 1985, they go to Alternative oh, yes. 1985. Biff Tannen's, he's Trump. He's running shit. He's, he's making all these bets. There's, there's a couple things I have questions for. First yeah. of all, the, he's got a book of every, every, um, sporting event that the outcome of every sporting event for 50 years. And he makes his first million dollars on a horse race. Okay, fine. Yeah. At what point is any sports book going to continue taking this guy's bets? Like he's, (laughs) he's fucking 100% on every horse race, every fucking prize fight, every college football game, NCAA basketball. At some point the sports books are gonna go. No thanks, buddy. That's and, it. But, We're done.
2: By the way, too, like you see the you know, odds makers make start the odds, but the the money moves the odds. Right. Yeah. You would think that anything that Biff put his money on would just go down to shrink to zero odds. But you're right. He, he would have to. He had to miss every once in a while yeah. because he had to keep the system honest. I remember when. Um, When we had uh, John Dowd on who who um, did the report on Pete Rose, he made a good point. Pete Rose was guilty as shit of gambling. And people always say I only gambled on on my team
4: unless Mario Soto was pitching.
2: But the thing that that that. Pete obviously doesn't understand is that every time he didn't bet on his team, that was telling the gambling community yep. that he didn't feel good about that bet. So Biff yep. had to make purposeful bets go the wrong way. Right.
1: And also yeah. he bet on tons of teams besides his team. That was just a line.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, he, he, yeah,
1: and
3: and Biff, and the thing is again another thing that they never like they spent 20 minutes in 2015 they never dove into exactly Biff's gambling and we didn't see receipts of anything right. of exactly how he made his they just said he made his millions gambling you know luckiest streak ever or whatever i'm sure after that he probably said all right i know the i know the score to this guy and he had five of his you know his three little goons spread it around told them around hey you take 20 grand go to this put it in this book you take 20 you go put it in this book right. so yeah, and then he legalized gambling and then he owned the police right so and he, he could basically get away with anything
4: he yeah at, so, at some point he's rich enough that it doesn't matter he doesn't even need yeah. the almanac anymore because he's so fucking rich now here's the, here's the problem here's why this movie's a piece of shit, and I know you guys disagree, but here's here's something I need explained to me yeah. they they go they go okay, we figured it out it's doc Brown very quickly figures it out because um because when when biff future Biff gets out of the DeLorean. Somehow he breaks his fucking solid birch cane in half and leaves half of it in the car. They fit and and he finds the he finds the rapper from the from the almanac. They go, Hey, we gotta stop this. We gotta go back in time to November 12th, 1955, and we gotta stop future Biff from being able to give the almanac to his younger self, past Biff. Yeah. When the obvious answer is to go to the future and just not have Marty buy the fucking almanac.
3: No, 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 no. That's where you missed it. That's the whole point of the movie. Okay, when Doc when Doc explains it on the p- chalkboard, I think this is the part where you boned out of the movie because this is r- they yeah, that, they that literally explain this in the movie. What happened?
1: So with the chalkboard,
3: with the chalkboard. So basically, they are in alternate in 1985. Yes, Marty even says that to Doc. So what do we do, Doc? We got to go back to the future and prevent Shh. Biff from stealing the Almac? He says, "No, shut up."
4: I missed this whole part. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we can't go back to the future because we will be traveling to the future from this 1985. Oh, that makes sense. We'll be in alternate 2015, and Biff, and Biff, and, Mar- and uh, Biff is still running the country and 30 years older than where he's at right now. They have to go back to prevent it from happening in the first place.
4: That makes sense. That's, yes, they should have explained the, that. That's
3: why the movie's not a piece of shit.
4: Right. Well, <laughs> it was starting to get good when I stopped watching. It was right around that part, too.
3: <laughs> yeah no that was it was right after you re, okay so let me let's just figure out the part where where beckner said you know what this is a piece of shit i'm out yes um right did you see him when biff 2015 alternate biff trump biff is in the hot tub with two topless women did i like you see that. that part i
4: like that part yeah that was a okay good part. so
3: marty marty throws the remote control in, says party's over you need to tell me about gray sports almanac which is finding out He's basically trying to use Biff to find out what data we have to go back to find out when he passed it off to his younger self. Right. That conversation. Well that happened. okay, then you then you fell asleep because that conversation happened after Doc said, You need to go to him and find out when, where, and how young Biff got his hands on that almond.
4: I remember him writing on the chalkboard and that I like the whole movie. I like I, I like fourteen. <laughs> I like faded <laughs> out on that part. I'm like, why <laughs> the fuck are they going
3: back? Just go forward. It's so easy. Yeah, because <laughs> you got, the one thing you gotta remember is when, when they initially when they solved everything going on in 2015 and they got Jennifer out of the house and they didn't know that older Biff had stolen the Almanac and stolen the Lorraine and came back, when they landed back in 1985, in 1989 when we're watching this movie, everyone was like, oh, they must have landed in the wrong time. And then Marty looks at the paper and it says 1985. And nobody knows what's going on. And right. Like it's actually a reveal that nobody predicted, well, what the hell is happening? We know that old Biff got in the time machine, but what the hell did he do? Why is this 1985 looking like this? And that's where doc explains it. Yes. Hey, he stole it, gave the younger, his younger self, the almanac. Look at how he made his money. So Look convoluted out of his pocket,
2: yep. you know, all this shit. So, so com- yeah,
4: so convoluted the whole movie was
2: explained right there.
4: Yeah. So it's so confusing. I mean, it's just a even, lot to take in.
2: I've never even had a problem with that plot line. There's so many things that are wrong about, the, about the movie period, but like <laughs> you, you bring up a good point, right? Uh, Marty, Goes to Biff with all this confidence, and he throws the remote in the uh, in the in the jacuzzi, and Indoor so at jacuzzi. that at that point, as soon as uh, McFly brings up the almanac, Biff knows that it's the warning that the older Biff gave him from the future that somebody's going to come around. They're going to ask you about this, and you probably want to kill them. Right. And so at that at that point, he knows it. But he proceeds to tell Marty every single little detail of when the almanac came, knowing that he's probably going to shoot him. Okay, I murdered your
4: dad. dad. He tells him he murdered his dad.
2: He he does like Zemeckis falls into the 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 problem that a lot of storytellers get into when I start reading these in books because I read a lot of books. I watch a lot of you TV listen. No, you
4: listen to books. You listen when, to books
2: when the when the villain tells the protagonist the entire plot before failing to kill them is like yeah. such a lazy way of writing a movie. And I just can't believe you fell into yeah. this. Like, Exposition. A better way.
4: Yes. I agree.
2: Well,
3: this is but it's also I
4: don't know. It's eighty. It's
3: eighty-nine. It's says nineteen eighty-eight. I think in twenty twenty, if you do that, it, it looks really lazy. But thirty years ago, was it was it looked upon at, like that? I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah.
2: It's just it's just so. Whenever people go to that, I just can't stand it. But it's very convoluted. It, this movie. But it's just one of the things of of the story. I guess is, as you're watching in twenty twenty, and maybe you're making my point. I just I, I hate watched it for whatever ninety-eight minutes, however long it is. I can't believe how like perturbed I got. Like you would think that it's an innocent movie and we, we, we're we going to have a podcast about it, but I actually got like angry at how stupid things are. So I can tell. And then,
4: <laughs> so what happens after, tell me what happens after Marty's on the roof, he jumps off the roof. He's where Biff is with a gun. He lands, yeah. he's, he,
3: he lands he, perfectly on the roof of the car.
4: He yeah. rises up on the DeLorean where he's, easily shootable again but they're but they're able to fell biff because biff like a big dumb shit looks over the side and gets his coming back to jay stew's point gets his head smacked by the gull wing doors of the delorean that have really caught on and on are on nearly every car these days the what happens after that they jump in and they go back well, first of all, to 1955 yeah
2: i think the uh the the stunt or the action advisor on this movie was the same on Karate Kid. Uh, <laughs> the guy who told Johnny to lead with his head for the crane kick told <laughs> Biff to lead with his head for the DeLorean door. Yeah, like, what the hell is going
3: on? Oh, here comes a door right in my head. Yeah.
4: And did, so they, to, bef- hold on. Before we move on, because I just noticed I had a note here. Did anybody else notice that w- one of um, Trump Biff's henchmen was Billy Zane? Yeah. Yes. No, it's
1: him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like Billy Zane. he's in the first one.
4: First one too.
3: He yeah. is. Oh yeah, he's
1: yeah. he's one of the buddies. Yeah, yeah.
3: But he's not in the third. Right. But yeah. the, the biff scenes. I, I, go ahead. Yeah.
1: The BIF scenes take on a different vibe in the Me Too era. Right. All the scenes with Lorraine, like it's he's a much more problematic character than when we were kids when you looked at him. Oh yeah, he, he's he's very, very rapey. Baby.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: Here's something, uh, Brian. Since you love my nerdiness of this movie, I love here's it. how deep. And here's how convoluted I can get with this. When Marty is having the conversation with future Biff and future Biff is telling him, all right, tell me what you know. And he said, I need to know how you get the book. And he said, he said, November 12th, 1955. And Marty says, November 12th, 1955. That was the day I went. And he's like, oh, that was the day um, of the of the famous Hill Valley lightning storm. He's like, oh. You know your history. He's yeah. like, yeah, that day I was, you know, I was I was picking my car up after rolling into drag race. Yeah. Marty says to him, manure. I, yeah, I, Marty says to him, I thought you, you know, crashed in a manure truck. He's like, how do you know that? He said, my father told me. He's like, your father, before he died.
4: I thought about All this. Right,
3: let Let's go yeah. about let's let's talk about the math on this.
4: So he, Marty, the, yes, Marty in
3: 1985 is about 18 years old, right. meaning he was born in 1968. Eight. Right. Yeah. We know that George McFly that died in alternate 1985 died March 15th, 1973. So if George McFly told his son weeks before he died about, hey, a guy I used to know in high school crashed his car. Right, car into right. a manure truck, <laughs> would a five-year-old Marty McFly remember that minute detail about well, his dad's yes, friend?
1: Yes. But Probably But if his not. dad dies, he's gonna cling to the only thing he'll he'll replay that conversation is yeah, forever. Yeah. So,
3: so, so it was like it. it was almost like a loophole that I found like would a five year old Marty I mean it's not unrealistic, but plausible. Probably right. not, but, but Ma- it's possible that he can remember as a five-year-old, his dad told him Biff once crashed his car in a drag. Not race. to def-
4: not to de- that- not to of. defend this movie. But Marty's lying and Biff is dumb. Yeah. Biff Biff is n- not that, Steve Carbone. He sh- he could be like, what? He fucking told you when you are four years old and you remember that? Like, we know Marty's lying. And Marty's just like trying to say whatever. Oh, my dad told me. It's up to Biff to fucking do yeah, the math on point. that one. Yeah.
3: No, yeah, I'm not saying about Marty's side. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Biff's side. Yeah. If Biff had a half a brain yes. and thought about it for more than two seconds, he'd be like, Wait, your dad, you remembered something your dad told me when you were five when I crashed my car into a manure truck? Yes. Really? You really? Yeah. But I get that. Yeah. He told him that because he was lying because he knew the whole story. But yeah, when they but when they told that as a movie, now you're throwing it out there to the audience. Hey, everybody, Biff is supposed to not do the math in his head that a five-year-old Marty happened to just remember what his dad told him about a, exactly. a, a yes. car race yes. literally 18 years ago, you know, whatever, 13 years ago. Um, right.
2: Eh. So, okay. And so, yes. There we go.
1: Also, uh, when they go to 1985, I mean uh, 1955 again, <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: why is Doc Brown uh, riding a bike around? Does he have a dewey or, or, like, why does he have to ride a bike around town instead of a car?
3: He's – I think he tells Marty, I can't drive the DeLorean because we can't be out in the light with the DeLorean. I have to do something. I, I'll make it over to Biff's house. Some All he says is I'll make it over there somehow, and it ends up being sure. on a bike. Why he didn't get in a car, we never saw, as far as we know, we never saw Doc Brown in any of the three movies in a car. So maybe he doesn't know how to drive. Yes, might not drive. I've never, never seen him in a car driving yeah. in yeah. any of the movies. Well, except for <laughs> except for the DeLorean. Um So 1955, Doc, I mean, I guess they just never hit on the fact that he maybe did or didn't own a car, I guess. So that's why he went over to Biff's house
4: on a bike. So what else happens? He's Marty. Last I watched, Marty was in the in the back as old Biff is telling young Biff how to use the almanac. Yeah. What's and what's what ensues after that? Explain the rest of the movie to me, please. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so so Marty, so Marty's whole job is, I just need to steal this Almanac. That's it. I can to steal the Almanac without him knowing, get back to Doc, go back to burn it, get rid of it so it can never exist. You can't leave any remnants of it, very similar to like Terminator. right how that, how that franchise continued. Um, no remnants of it. Burn it so it's never existed in 1955. Nobody can find it, nobody else can do this and change history. It just because it's a movie and they need to extend it out, they put Marty in all these situations where he's just about to get the right, an almanac right. and all Biff's looking that's, at a porn. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at ooh la <laughs> uh, Oh,
2: by the way, by the way, let's stop there real fast. Yeah. Okay, so um la la is the 1955 version of like our uh, Playboy magazine mm-hmm. that we found under our old man's bed or what have right. you. Penthouse and, and, and we would click we would put it into a real private place and for private times. Like we, we wanted to make sure it was underneath the house in this exact spot for those times when we when we could use it in, in our, during our private time. I don't remember ever taking that penthouse or hustler to a dance. That's a really and good point. Crowding around my buddies and looking at pictures. But he
3: used the sleeve of the almanac to yeah. cover it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what was the yes. functional well, use? Me, well, keep in mind that Biff,
1: Biff is a rapist, so he right. was getting into character.
4: Exactly. This is, I'll tell you what's this happening right he here.
3: How to, this is where he learned how to fondle Lorraine. Right. Because he's reading it in Ooh La La, who probably had magazines about how to get your girl turned on. Tell her you are going to wife her up someday in the middle of the street, and, as right. you know at her. No, this...
1: this. this enchantment under the sea, it's the, like last uh, third act uh thing there are tons of shots of the original movie yeah that they splice in and that must have been where marty's like looking out the window and saying oh yeah that was where i came up with the plot that i was going to try to uh uh make out with my mom and then have george <laughs> rescue her <laughs> that
3: was see that was the other part yeah. of this movie that i thought was just very creative something we hadn't seen where yeah from the first movie, they're going back and because he's in the same place and time as he was in the first movie, his new version of himself, the eighty-five that came back, it would be it would be sloppy of the writers to be like, Wait, he was just back there. How come he's not seeing himself when he was back there? And they covered it all. And yeah. it was just amazing. I, I just thought that was all cool. Watching himself play Johnny be good on stage, you know, the, the goons seeing him on stage and being like, There he is. And he's like, Wait, no, there's two of us here. I got to go stop these guys because if these guys now take Johnny B. Good, the Johnny B. Good me off the stage, it's going to alter history completely. So I have to prevent these guys from doing it. So yeah. he does that. He gets the book, Biff sees him and all this stuff he gets the book. He eventually gets the book back from Biff. If we want to yep. go over that Biff crashes into a manure truck, he burns it. And then right as he burns it, Doc gets zapped by lightning back to 1885. And then, oh my god! 1985, Marty is now stuck in 1955, oh and everybody, in the movie theater, is like, "I'm out." Wait, what the fuck is going on? He has no Doc now. What? How does he get back? But Man. then and Joe
1: Flaherty uh, gives him a letter that they've been holding for <laughs> 70 years.
3: Yeah, th- which is another great conti- co- continuity thing that I think they was that was very cool. In 1885, Doc wrote a letter and told it to you know it's totally Virginia, simple, right? You need to open. You need to show up at this exact moment at this here. exact Get, time oh in November, my god 1955. nineteen yeah, fifty-five. I'm out. There will
1: be a boy. Hearing now. hearing you describe I mean, it, even though I do know horrible. the whole plot, it makes me think that Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis celebrated uh, with a gigantic pile of cocaine. They celebrated yeah. the first movie success, and they're like, "All right, let's just write this." Yeah. And they're like, "Okay." And then he's going to do this. Yeah. And he writes a, write a letter. letter from
4: yeah. yeah,
1: he writes a he letter. Writes- and the Western Union guy holds it for 70 years and gives it to him. <laughs> do, do I, you, thought, I thought it was genius. Do you think Jesus.
4: Biff needed a porno mag at the dance because it was like a Kellen <laughs> Winslow Jr. situation where he'd had like a lot of head trauma and he just needed to be draining it all the <laughs> time because it was dangerous <laughs> to not have him well, always Winslow jerking off? Loved,
1: loved old ladies, right? Right, and Wins,
4: Kellen Winslow, on road trips, he would... So he wouldn't um, like fuck the couch in the training room. They would they sent him on road trips with like an ass, like a pocket pussy. But it was like an ass so that he could have (laughs) that in his hotel room to fuck all the time, because if not, he could be problematic. And now, of course, he's in prison for rape. So it's, right. maybe it was a similar situation for uh, for Biff, where he just he had some head in, head trauma too, like Kellen Winslow Jr. And he just had to keep it going all the time. Otherwise, you know, bye bye Lorraine.
1: My friend tried to get an autograph of Kellen Winslow for his nephew, and Winslow said, "Sorry, only for the ladies." Yeah. Little did we know, yes, it was only for homeless ladies he was going to rape and beat up. <laughs>
4: Uh, uh, okay. What else? Any, anything else to add? I'm, do you, I'm sure you guys have more details. Uh, reality, Steve, you're, you're just a, a, a fountain of information expert. Any, any more behind the scenes stuff that we didn't notice about this movie?
3: Oh God, there's tons. Um, but I, I think, I think one of the biggest takeaways, at least for me of this movie was, um, and the reason why number one, I think a lot of people might've, graded this their worst of the three because it is very confusing if you're not thinking fourth dimensionally uh, when you're watching this movie because they do visit 19, regular 1985, they visit 2015, Amazing. they visit an alternate 1985, and they visit 1955. So they visit four different time periods where yeah, it can get very confusing and
1: there's a chalkboard
3: scene that and there's made. a chalkboard scene that explains the whole movie that Beckner just slept on. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> and, about that uh, yeah, um no, I, I thats what I, I guess that's what I liked about it is they, they jumped around, and while it did get a little bit confusing, I think 14-year-old thir- me, when I saw it, I wasn't sold on it right away. But I guess over the years, I've come to appreciate it more because of my gambling career and the <laughs> fact that um, I started to understand it better the more times I watched it. Everything started to make more sense to me. I didn't understand why things weren't changing when – Time periods were visited and stuff like that. Or why I, I, there was a lot of it that was confusing to me as a fourteen year old, but now as an adult, I feel like um, no, I'm I'm good. This is one of my favorite ones. I like the darkness of it. I like that it's different. Um, I like the gambling aspect, and I just liked the fact that they revisited things from the first movie, where Marty had to rewatch himself, and they refilmed scenes and. We didn't even you know, what we didn't even get into the whole point about the fact that Crispin Glover after the first movie said, you know what, guys? Yeah, I want to up my contract. I want to be in this more. And they said, sorry, dude, you're not that important player. <laughs> in two. And he said, fuck you, I'm out then. And so they had to get an actor. Yes. And put him in makeup and make him look like George McFly. And, and hung him upside down. Scenes. Yeah. And hung him upside down. And a few scenes and then had to uh, redo him. And in uh, and in another few scenes they just used footage from the first movie. But I well,
1: Crispy Glover yeah. also revised his he he asked for more money and then he said the reason why he uh dropped out is because it was the pursuit of wealth and that's he didn't like the the message of the first movie is what he, his reason was for dropping out.
2: Okay. Yeah. And he you know, was he mm-hmm. was a certified lunatic, right? They, yeah, he's a weirdo. A, after the whole thing Even where he tried Letterman. To kick Letterman, right? Um, so talk, let's just talk about the performances. Yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox, I don't know what what uh, like infuriated me more by the end of two, the fact that he's like four foot seven um, and his awful voice. He's, his fi- high he's voice, five three.
4: He's five three. Give him some
2: credit increases in, in high when he does his teenage voice.
1: Careful. You're not gonna disparage Michael J. Fox, are you?
2: The fact that he can't run a straight line. He's wow. always stumbling. Wow. He's always doing a pirouette. That's he's, part of the character. He's walking oh, backwards, right. yeah. running into things like
3: here's here's where Steve's knowledge comes in. I yes. can tell you why. Yeah there's an answer to that. Why? Because they said yeah I I'm sure you guys know, maybe you don't, they filmed two and three consecutively, kind of like they did with Avengers. They filmed it basically in 88 uh, together. Uh, Zemeckis and Gale both said, there's a scene in three where when he's running away, uh, you know, from a horse or something like that, and he's, they said when they first shot the scene, he came running out of the saloon and he immediately fell down. And they asked him, you know, what what the hell was that? And he's like, I don't know. My legs just gave out. They said that um, basically in three, the the reason the way he runs weird, the limp, a scene that wasn't shown of him coming out of the saloon and falling down right away was the early stages yep. of I, his I shit
1: Doc Hollywood when he got it.
4: I,
3: I, Are you kidding I, me? He, I just, really? you
2: know, early stages Parkinson's? I just yeah, read that it. That was,
3: he said early stages Parkinson's was when he was filming three. He said looking back on it now, I realize because he didn't come out for Parkinson's until – Ni- uh, 98, I believe, Six. maybe 97, 96. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, seven. He now said eight, looking he said city. looking back on it now when I was filming three, I realized that was the early onset
4: of it I'll, losing. I'll follow losing, up because in in the trivia Well,
2: now, I feel bad. By the it way. says I, I feel, you I should feel sad, bad, now. Jason. Fil- fil- post.
4: Filmed at the same time as Back to the Future Part Three. It was claimed at the time that in the four years since Back to the Future, 1985 was made Michael J. Fox had forgotten how to ride a skateboard. However, motor skills are not so easily lost as in riding a bicycle. And Michael J. Fox has since stated that this was an early symptom of his Parkinson's disease. And Jason Stewart is a huge piece of shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah no wow. that's, that that was it's, one of the tidbits that aggravating. i didn't, oh, I didn't so realize aggravating. that until recently that was in a recent interview yeah. that he said yeah. um when i a breakdown of the three movies they said in the third movie he now looks back on it and realizes that was the early onset of his parkinson's because yeah. he was having wow. yeah. he was having some motor issues motor so issues
2: yeah I, swear I want you to it explain before. yourself when when they fit, when they filmed it in '84 though, he was doing a lot of that in the first one. You're saying that it, it went back that far? He he did it the entire three movies. Yeah, I think it's just
4: like staggering. just yeah yeah
2: yeah. Um, but, but anyways, but what so about Biff? Let's Stu trying to get out, out of this. Yeah, poor no, yeah, Stu. Let's, let's move on to Biff. Don't tell me that Biff has like brain cancer or anything. <laughs> yeah. um, the, well, he's
1: the, an overactor.
2: You try. Yeah. You tried to give Biff a an Oscar earlier in the podcast. I, mm-hmm. I think it it's one of the more aggravating roles to watch. Oh, it it yeah. is so over the top. Yep. It is so excessive when he plays Griff, no, especially. No human being acts like that. Yes. No human being acts yes. that way. Sorry. So yes. I, I can't give you anything on that, Steve.
3: <sighs> which which Biff are we talking about? He played seven different that. Biffs. Yes, Griff. Well, he, he played seven different, but <laughs> they're all the same spaz right
2: yeah well i mean he played, it, what about ni-
3: what about night what about the first movie 1955 biff the foil for george mcfly and marty when he went back there that was a great villain character yeah i thought he, I thought he played a bully so well great bully one of the best yeah.
1: the griff the futuristic biff he was the worst
3: the, where he's yeah he's humped over and he's got yes. a cane and he just no no no, no. no, 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 The, when he's,
1: no, no, me, no. the, the, the one with on speed yeah. and like oh, the one, right.
3: the, the, one just... the one with the with the with the bowl on his helmet, and and, and, it, yeah. and yeah.
4: the weird affected vo- vocal delivery was so weird.
2: Uh, it's the way he says "batter up" yeah. before he had to attach three people to him. Right. And try to murder a four foot nine Michael J. Fox. Five three. He says, batter up. And I just wanted to. He's like, batter up. He's like, has a weird affectation.
4: I thought it was weird that they had, that Biff had murdered George McFly. I felt like that was sort of a dark turn. For the wholesome Back to the Future movies, and I'm just reading the trivia, the plot line of George McFly being dead in 1985 was based entirely on Crispin Glover's refusal to do the sequel. So they, they murdered him just out of spite. They could have written him out another way, I'm sure.
3: He did it to yeah. himself. Yeah, he did it to himself because yeah. he was a he was
4: alone. Unbelievable. Um, Ed Daly, you have anything else to add? Anything that you noticed that we may have missed in this discussion?
1: No, I think we covered it. I, although one point that I think I made years ago, I love when he's looking in the scene and he watches. You know, when um, the end of three, when the parents see him and they're like, Marty, that's such a nice name. And to, like they're going to name their son that but they named their first son Dave. So they they were inspired by Marty that one day they'd name their their son Marty, but only after they named their first son Dave.
4: Right. Yeah, exactly. Why yes. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um Biff's Alternative 1985 incarnation was of course loosely ba- loosely inspired by Donald Trump, while Lorraine was based upon Tammy Faye Baker with her perm yep, yeah, and her fake I, I, dress
1: eyelash
4: right right um what else any more trivia they're all so long the shirt that doc wears for the majority of the film features a design debic- depicting cowboys on horseback and a train foreshadowing the climax of the third film interesting little easter egg uh okay guys i think that's it i think we wrapped it up i, I i'm sort of I was sort of getting into the movie right as I stopped watching it. And of course I missed maybe the biggest plot point. So I'm kind of, I gotta
3: go watch
4: it. I know I'm kind of, I've, I'm going to finish it now. I've kind of been won over to the reality Steve and Ed side of things. And I'm leaving Jason in the dust. Jason is is a Parkinson's shamer. Yeah.
1: It's, I, I will say yeah. I'm 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 more on Steve's side, but yeah. Two is still my least favorite of. The of
4: course, three. yeah, it's it's dog shit. I would agree with that. Uh, okay, guys, I appreciate it. Um, great episode as always. I appreciate it, Ed Daly. You're fantastic, Reality Steve. Great to have you as always, Jason Stewart. You are the best. Yo. We love having you. Uh, can I, can fo- I throw one final thing in here? Of course, absolutely.
3: I, I don't know if you guys, well, you clearly haven't, you can't see me cause we're not doing this over Skype, but, um,
4: we did, s- we erection? did, we did see, no. <laughs> we did see you that one time and you had, um, like, like something glued I, uh, to your face when we acci- yeah. we actually acci- we accidentally went on video before we started. <laughs> this is a couple episodes ago that you, you visit us yeah. and you had like something, something for your eyes to keep your eyes looking fresh glued onto your face. Are, are you wearing those as we speak? No, I'm not. Okay.
3: Um, but I will say this, there was an early, in the very beginning of the pod, very beginning when we started talking about back to the future, my internet went out. So Brian had to call me back. So for those that are listening, if you don't hear me chime in in the first, Oh, I don't know, five minutes, there was a reason for that. I wasn't on. Um, but also during this podcast, I have had to twice clean up my dog's Wow. major wow. puke oh that um, oh oh two oh giant God. puddles and they oh look like God. giant mud puddles and what? I've had to get up what? from the computer twice to literally clean them up and I just found a third one oh on the couch my God. Oh my saw
1: God. Thomas Wilson's acting as future yeah. <laughs> I
3: was going to say he, he
1: obviously watched Back to
3: the
2: Future too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, my, my dog has not thrown up this violently in God knows oh how long.
2: God. Horrible.
4: And
3: I've cleaned up two giant muddle uh, puddles of look-like mud. Yes. And oh. uh, now Brutal. there's a third one sitting on the couch that I have to go clean. Brutal. Well, you Whoa. you, you
2: got to take your dog to the vet, dude. That yeah. yeah. not sound good. Yeah, might, yeah, that doesn't sound good at might all. Might be it it's for the dog. Either.
4: Could be over. All right. for realitysteve.com, for a daily... Heroes and Jerks available now on Amazon.com for Jason Stewart, often appearing in Lifetime movies. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode three hundred thirty two of the Baller Lifestyle podcast. We will see you next week.
6: Lifestyles, baller. Podcasts getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy and Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Just my brothers reviewing some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters love us, and we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shits on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS.